I don't, I don't, I couldn't sing the Travis Scott song from the end of this movie. Maybe I'll just. I can't make the sound. Just try to sing any song backwards. Yeah, okay. I'm going to, no, I'm going to sing the tennis soundtrack. Are you guys ready? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, my name is Jackson McMurray. Hi, my name is Keisha Rhodes. Hello? My name is... And that's Adeline name... McMurray. Oh, sorry, you cut out for a second. <laughs> I know, it's because whenever I laugh too loud, just fucking oh. my, my <laughs> okay, microphone good. is just like, nope, no, actually. Well, I guess it's good but to I know laugh... that you were laughing, Richard. Yeah, I laughed really loud. <laughs> because to me, I started doing that and it was just dead silence. And I was like... <laughs> It's because I was laughing very hard. I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt the beauty, the art that was being created. <laughs> anyway, okay. My name is My name is McMurray Adeline. Oh, oh whoa. Oh. I don't know. This is No Nerds Allowed. Put in the theme song. There's going to be a new theme song, by the way. If you I guys know, it's going to be cool. To you don't get it in the stream the, afterwards. I yeah. think halfway through this podcast, we have to um, just start speaking everything that we did say backwards. <laughs> Like How more annoying nuance. would it be if I did that? If I just played the podcast so backwards just at the end? It's the most end. annoying thing in the world. <laughs> no, I just mean we record a whole podcast, but then I play it backwards at the end, so it's twice as long. <laughs> yeah, but we'll like we'll it. put in little little hidden so. messages like uh, Ooh, like that like car crash sound in number teaching nine. Teaching you how to kill your parents. Yeah, just put random sound effects in the background that will then be explained. Turn me on, dead Play the whole thing in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul is dead. Yeah. <laughs> or Adeline is dead, maybe. Oh, yeah, exactly. Are you mad at me about something? <laughs> Why do you want the Hulk to shoot yeah, me? There seems to be a lot of yeah, There's dead. a lot of tension here, Jackson. <laughs> she, got, she got shot by the Incredible Hulk. Ever since you gun, started I talking guess? about Fight Club, there's been a lot of aggressive energy towards Adeline, and I don't really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly. <laughs> we, so, okay. Today. Hello. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm not mad at you, Adeline, just subconsciously. Okay. It's because moments before, not moments, about 45 minutes before we were supposed to start the podcast, I was like, hey, Adeline, did you watch the movie? And then you were like, huh, what? And I was like, Adeline? And you had watched (laughs) the movie. It was just an unfortunate texting mishap. But I was I was a seething ball of white hot rage for about ten minutes. <laughs> well, no, because first of all, I was at work, so don't. Right. Okay. So it's That's not fine. Fair. Yeah. Second of all, it was like it was you were like I've seen it three times, and Keisha seen it two times, and you were like, and Adeline seen it one time, and then you and Keisha had a conversation, and then you were like, Adeline, you good? And I was like. About what? I just got off of work. I'm going to be at home in time to do the podcast. What do you mean? And then you were like, Adeline, are you good? Are you good, Adeline? I'm like, yeah, what? I got very scared, but it's okay now. (laughs) How did you spend your New Year's? I watched Tenet at 10 o'clock because I had no other time to watch it. Nice. Um, So this is a podcast about Tenet or... Tenet. We can't keep doing bad backwards jokes. The um, joke is that Tenet, David Tenet is Tenet backwards about David Tennant's life. Yeah, um, which I f- I have a sneaking suspicion that we're gonna spend a lot of time in this podcast just breaking down what happens in it and trying to explain it to each other. Is <laughs> that correct? Yeah, mm-hmm, probably. Um, because I. I, I am in love with this movie. I am so yeah, Jackson, obsessed with Tenet. Jackson's because, 40 for Tenet. Yeah. Like, 
I'll, I'll just what I'll say is that like there's that scene where like right at the beginning they're like teaching you the rules, and just Clemens Posey shows up for one scene, never shows up again. She just hangs out for like ten minutes and just tells you all about this crazy time travel premise. And every time I watch that scene, I have the biggest, dumbest grin on my face <laughs> because I think it's just so fun. Where she's like, "Oh, somebody in the future has been has been streaming these bullets back at us, and we're just intercepting them through our regular temporal perception." And I was like, "This is the best movie ever. This movie rules." <laughs> Also, so, like the way that I, the way that I would describe Tenet, just like in like just what it, it at its core, what it is, it is somebody walking into frame, just dropping the biggest load of information on you, and then walking out of frame, never to be seen again. <laughs> well, here's what. Well, here, I think Tenet that- is fifty percent people you will never see again explaining things to you, and fifty percent. The sickest shit you've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I mean, no the, in between. The thing is that Christopher Nolan kind of like we've seen him do this kind of thing in movies before, especially with Michael Caine, who makes a one scene appearance. <laughs> he literally just eats dinner. <laughs> but like in <laughs> Inception, to go home. What Michael Caine is just like Michael Caine. hanging out with like Leo's kids. In Batman, he's just. Like, he is technically playing a butler, but he doesn't clean anything. I've never seen him clean anything. Have you? Uh, Good point. Good point. (laughs) But, like, that's the thing is that there are usually, like, characters who are there just to set up the world and make it feel lived in. And then, like, they do a lot of setting up in the beginning. Especially with this movie, it kind of feels like, have you ever watched when someone, like, paints a painting upside down and you're like, I can't see it. I don't know what it is. I'm so confused. And then at the very last minute, they flip it. They flip it over, and you're like, "Oh my god! It was vases right. with ten different kinds of flowers, or, right, or yeah. whatever." That's what this movie is to me. Like halfway through, he flips the movie. Yeah, flips the movie over, and you're like, "Oh my god! Yeah. Of course, I, I can see it. it all, but now it makes sense." Right, because that's the thing. Is like Inception is way more front-loaded than Tenet is. Mm -hmm. Inception spends, like, an hour making sure you get all the rules, and then the last, like, hour and 20 minutes of Inception, you're just cruising, and you, like, know everything, and it all makes sense, you know? Whereas Tenet is like, okay, here's 10 minutes of explanation, and then 10 minutes of something that's sick as hell, and then go back for 10 more minutes of explanation, and then 10 more minutes of something that rules, you know? And and then, like, the last hour is, like, nonstop. Like, yeah. to the end degree. No, that's not even things. true, though. There's that whole bit where Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, this whole thing's a temporal pincer movement. <laughs> no, like, I'm saying they, like, they do the same thing, but it's, like, elevated. They're like, right. oh, what's a temporal pincer movement? Here's, you get to see, <laughs> and then you cut to a building that gets exploded in reverse twice. It's like a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. It was so, so cool. <laughs> but I... Uh, <laughs> My problem, I've only, you guys have watched this movie twice, I've only watched it once, and this is definitely a movie you need to watch twice, like, just inherently, but so, 
spoilers for Tenet, I got no fucking clue what's going on in that whole scene where they're like the two army brigades where one's in reverse <laughs> right. and one's going forwards. It's, it's really super wild. cool to watch. I got no clue what the fuck we're doing, who we're fighting, <laughs> what all those metal pieces are. Like, I get those are like the time travel doodads, why we need to get them and or separate them or what the fuck they like actually do. I don't fucking know. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is kind of the generic. The first time you watch this movie... You don't really have any other choice but to watch it like somebody's mom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, who is that? Wait, what like, did he just wait, say? Where are they How? going? <laughs> Why? Yeah, exactly. And you're doing that the whole time. And then the second time you watch it, you feel like a goddamn genius. Yeah. <laughs> I for I, just like clinging on. I definitely like the first time I watched it. My like ha- until halfway through, I had to just keep reminding myself that Christopher Nolan is a director that I trust and like I know has right. competency and like advanced competency when it comes to like creating a narrative in a really interesting and not usually seen way. So I was like, right, all right, I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna just keep <laughs> going, and I'm gonna get it eventually, and and it yeah. happened. <laughs> It was beautiful. I'm going to just trust that this makes sense. It's going to make sense. I was like, I love Memento, and I didn't understand Memento till the end, so I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I want to sort of, I want to go through this movie bit by bit. Yeah, why don't you give a plot synopsis? Okay, no, I'll do that. I'll take plot synopsis duty on this. You'll take a a duty, Jackson? (laughs) I'll take, nice. Ayo, one point Um, to Adeline. (laughs) <laughs> and like it's one, point, it on, one the point on the scoreboard. Um, so we open. There's a whole bunch of guys in a van, right? And there's a river, and there's a deer drinking out of the river. <laughs> um, I wish I could just fucking remember like every shot of this movie. Um, but so there's so an okay. Opera. So it's a little tricky. It's a little tricky, and I'm not gonna have answers for everything 100 percent of the time. Obviously, even though okay, I've seen it Okay, would we rather do now. this as you just explain it and I interrupt you when I have a thought? Or do you want me to just explain all the parts that I didn't get? I kind of want to do, 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 do the plot synopsis. I'll, I'll just keep doing it. It's just how you do it. You do a plot synopsis and whenever somebody has a thought or an opinion or a question, we jump in. You know? It's a discussion. All right. I um, already have one. I had okay. no fucking clue cool. what was going on in the entire first scene. <laughs> so you don't really until later, because the point is, is that he's just a part of some clandestine group of whatever, but he's not on the need to know level, right? And it turns out what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop people from grabbing that weird box that has that part of the algorithm in it. Um, but he doesn't know that. He just knows that there's some bad guys he needs to stop because he's a grunt-level CIA guy or whatever it is that he's doing. Yeah, um, it's a MacGuffin but, movie that d- never tells you it's a MacGuffin movie. <laughs> for sure, It's a for MacGuffin sure. movie that shows you one MacGuffin, and then later there's six MacGuffins, and you didn't <laughs> right. realize that there was more than one MacGuffin. Well, that's what's so cool. I mean, without, like, jumping ahead too much in the movie, my two favorite things about this movie are, like, first of all, that J- J.D. Washington is just like at first he's just like a guy and then by the end of the movie totally organically he's like the leader of a giant clandestine military organization (laughs) and like it just feels so smooth and you're just kind of slowly realizing that he's in charge of this whole thing and didn't even know it 
yet, which I think is so cool. And also, along the same lines, when you realize that him and Robert Pattinson have just been best buds this whole time. It's so good. So he goes in to do this operation at the opera house, and they're in Ukraine, I believe. That's correct. Yes. Which is next to Russia. Yeah. Remember that, kids. Whoa. <laughs> it's very important. So, so, so keeps trying to so get he, in there. He completes his mission. He blows up the opera house. He he gets everything he needs, but he accidentally gets into the wrong car. And the Ukrainian government or like secret agents, they get him. They apprehend him. And he's not gonna spill the beans. Oh no no. He's right. gonna take a little cyanide pill instead. And he does. It's very exciting. But oh my yes. gosh! And then it, there's the coolest title drop ever in a movie, I think, where they yeah. just put Tenet over his like dying face. He's like dying of cyanide poisoning. It's so good. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> this is the Tenet. And then they but, play it in reverse, and then that's the end. <laughs> it's of just it. that over and over but, again. So he wakes up and they're like, "Oh hey, so we want to like upgrade you into this whole thing. Like, here's what's going on. There's." objects that have been inverted because they were like psych that was a test you you're a selfless person you would rather kill yourself than like out the people who you're working with so we need you to save the world and you're not dead sucker we tricked (laughs) you we gotcha and he but what i like about it is he doesn't say like here's what this organization is here's what we do he's just like okay here's what's up you're in charge of fixing whatever this is. And uh, anyway, you just start asking around, like try to figure it out. Here's like a hand signal and a word. That's like a secret code that some people know and just go have fun. <laughs> They're like, know? wait for this boat. So here's the thing. So that guy is like, so it's kind of like, I, I had no clue what's going on, but I was like, okay, spy movie. There's a problem. And he's like, all right, there's a problem. Go fix it. That's basically all he's told. Right. But he's like, I'll give you a word tenant which doesn't really come up again, and then a hand signal. And they never use the hand signal ever. No what one do you ever mean? does that. They use that. it all the time. When? Are you just not thinking? Whenever people say tenet to each other, they're also putting their fingers together. And then. But I don't remember people saying tenet all that much. When he is talking to what's her name? The, the doctor. The Indian woman. And he's like, oh, uh, that violates the tenets I live by or whatever. And that's how they know they're talking to each other. And then later, when Robert Pattinson is like, oh, this machine would ruin the world. And he illustrates it by putting his fingers together like that. And you're like, oh, is that where it comes from? I don't. Yeah. (laughs) There's multiple times where they say tenet and put the fingers together. And they're like, winky, winky. That's our thing. Also, I don't understand... That Indian woman's entire reason for existing. Okay, so here's what it is. So she is, Mm -hmm. so like the bullets, he finds out, Dr. Woman. He goes down, he's on this ship. She walks into frame. talking to the doctor. She walks out of frame. And she's, (laughs) she tells him about this technology that has been sent to them from the future, from the future to the past, where uh, these like bullets are going in reverse. So they're like objects that can go in reverse. So they're worried that if bullets that can go spooky? in reverse, then any kind of, like, weapon could be turned into that. Like, so imagine, uh, like, all of the energy of the atom bomb, but in reverse. It would be catastrophic. So he's trying to stop it. And he finds out where the bullets are being created. So that's where the uh, 
Priya, is that her name? Priya, yes. So, like, that's where that family comes in because they're manufacturing the bullets in India, and that's where the bullets are from. And once... But the thing about her is that later it turns out that she is also part of this whole organization, and she knows more than she lets on because part of the thematics of this whole movie are, like, people not telling everybody everything, trusting that they'll figure it out for themselves later, just mm-hmm. through the natural progression of time. So basically every time she comes back like three different times in this movie and every time like what you think about her is totally different, which I think is really fun. Um, but so the first thing that he does is he goes to figure out where the bullets are. He talks to Priya. Priya's like, oh, well, we we get the bullets from this guy, Andre Sater. But he doesn't necessarily do it himself. He's just like a broker. What he can he for some reason is able to communicate with the future and get inverted stuff. He sends stuff into the future and gets back inverted stuff. Which really just means that he puts something somewhere specific and the people in the future know where to look for it to find it. And then they invert it and then it comes back to them through the natural natural progression of time, but backwards. Anyway. Wait. This is super <laughs> good. What? Are we all going into the future as we speak right now? Yes. All right. What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> so. That's that's the, like what George Washington was all about. He was like, we are communicating with the <laughs> with the future, but the can yeah. the future communicate back? George Washington never thought of that. No, but Kenneth Branagh did. Yeah, he did. And, <laughs> and also, I really like Kenneth dealer. Branagh as scary, scary Russian man. Kenneth Branagh is so fucking good in this movie. <laughs> like, like, I didn't even recognize him at first. Like, I don't know how to explain that he's doing the most comically loud Russian accent I've ever heard in a movie. And he's yeah. just so ridiculously evil but he's able to pull yeah. it off in this weirdly serious movie to such a degree that it just i don't know it just rules i love kenneth prana in this movie <laughs> he's just like screaming at people and like i don't know spitting on women <laughs> yes yeah, spitting on women when's the last time you saw somebody spit on their wife in a movie it's so insane <laughs> that's just like the godfather probably yeah exactly um, and it's also kind of impressive because his wife, like the woman who plays his wife, is six foot three and he's yeah, five he ten. So it's like Have you It's hard Go to ahead. intimidate someone five inches taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I guess to compensate you just have to be as loud and as Russian as possible. That's yeah. I that's why I'm so loud when I'm around people who are five nine. <laughs> um so anyway. Here's the bit that tripped me up for a little while. Mm-hmm. Here's the conflict between uh, the between Kenneth Branagh and Elizabeth Debicki, right? They're married. And his wife. Bad marriage. Yeah. Uh, they, so what happens is that she is an art appraiser, and she gets this fake painting, and w- whether she knows it's fake or not is kind of unclear. But she says it's real, whether she's making a mistake or intentionally committing fraud, who's to say? She's like, oh, it's totally real. And then when it goes up for auction, turns out in a twist, her husband, Kenneth Branagh, is the one who buys it. And he knows it's a fake. 
So he has the capacity to be like, uh, hey, police, fake painting, got sold a fake painting over here and put her in jail. And that's the hold that he has over her. Oh. Um, yeah, I, ne- I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. I didn't get that till the, the second time. Uh, but, and also in between that, he talks to Michael Caine. Michael Caine shows up for one scene, eats lunch. And then mm-hmm. when J.D. Washington is walking out of the shot, he's like, thank you, Sir Michael. And it's, it's just good. Yeah, well, because Michael Caine's listen, like... Michael Caine is like 90. Yeah. That's all I want him to do on a movie set. I, I want know. him to enjoy his lunch and then get to go home. It's so good. <laughs> Michael Caine also, like, he says important things. He's like, hey... You know, there are all those abandoned cities in the former Soviet Union that have fake names. There's nothing going right. on in there. Wink, camera, wink. Right. And then it's like, um, oh, that's where the final climactic battle scene is. Woo woo. Because right. I didn't get that the For first time reason. I watched it. For some reason. Who is shooting at them in that whole scene? Never mind. We'll get to it. So... <laughs> Now, this is probably my favorite part of the movie is all the stuff that happens in the in the like art gallery. Mm-hmm. There's this special like art holding zone where things are tax exempt. That's like a super mega high security place. And Elizabeth Debicki is like, hey, the that that painting is in there. And they're like, OK, maybe we can go in there and deal with that. But then they realize that there's something secret inside, like in the center of it. They're like, something's whack about this. We got to go check it out. So they get in there, they stage this whole heist, which involves airplanes dropping gold bricks onto a runway and them holding their breath in a room without any oxygen. And then they get to the middle and it's an inversion machine where two different versions of the same guy just pop out at him. And they have Mm -hmm. this insane fight scene where there's two guys fighting and one of them is moving backwards in time and one of them is moving forwards in time and it's so sick. Yeah, so the protagonist and, and Neil so are fighting the same person at the same time. Yes. But one yes. is from the reverse times and one is from the forward times. Yes. But runs from the reverse to the forward. It's crazy! It's so good. So, okay, so I know, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you guys. How do you think they did... The, the the fight scenes where one person's backwards and the other person's forwards. Mm. I mean, they must have just filmed it, like, one person at a time, I guess. Like, reversing the other person and then having the other person be able to, like... Th- then have that person be able to react to the way the other person did. Like, Corey, do it in reverse... And then have it so that they, the two actors are fighting, but the person is acting like the other in reverse. So well, what they did was they basically had every actor in both of these fights where this happens, they had to learn their choreography backwards. Yeah. To do in real life as if they were moving in reverse. So that yeah. when they reverse the footage... It looks like they're moving forward, and the one guy who was moving forward in real life is now moving in reverse. Oh, why wouldn't you just do it the other way around? Well, they did it both ways. Because okay. they didn't... Because you see that same fight from both perspectives, right? Yeah. So okay, they had so they to, did. Gotcha. Yeah, so basically they had to... And they didn't want to, like, use the same footage multiple times, because that's cheating. Yeah. Um... So and both what times they did it... was every fight scene, 
And an extra wrinkle in this is that it's not two people. It's the same person fighting himself. <laughs> yes. It's okay, two versions of John David Washington. Jackson, in real life, it wasn't. I hate I know. to break this to you. I know, but I'm saying they had to film those things four times. Once yeah. with John David Washington in the hazmat suit going forwards. Once with him in the hazmat suit going backwards. Once with him in regular clothes going forwards. And once with him in regular clothes going backwards. And yeah. then take all that footage and make strategic decisions about which ones you're going to play in reverse and which ones you're going to play forward on top of just regular, you know, continuity editing. Can I get the smart boy crown? Because I definitely (laughs) called it that that was going to be him in the future. I also had a feeling. Give me the the smart boy crown. You can have it. Here's the smart boy crown. Thank you. Can you break it up Katie Heron style so I can have a piece? Because I also felt that way. (laughs) <laughs> you know in Mean Girls when she's like we're all the queen of prom here take a piece of crown I have not seen Mean Girls oh and what? I, gotta, I haven't either I gotta get on that because when I was a teenage boy I yeah. was like that doesn't seem like the kind of thing I would be into um, as, as I think most teenage boys felt about Mean <laughs> Girls but now that I've watched 30 Rock about 40 times through I realize that it is. It is very much the kind of thing I would be into. Yeah, it's such a good movie. It's so smart. And I've just never gotten around to it. Well, maybe we'll maybe do that we can on the cover podcast. that. Yeah. See, Did I Tina feel like Faye whenever I've, I, I haven't seen Mean Girls either. I feel like watching Mean Girls, I would just want to be watching Heather's. I. If that I, makes it's, any sense. It's different. It's way different. But yeah. what if Heather's was written by the Thirty Rock people, Adeline? And it's less about forcing people into killing themselves. <laughs> what do you mean? That's the good part. <laughs> I think the good anyway, part of like done any other movies besides. I think she did girls? like a couple movies with, um, with the la, 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 Amy, Amy Poehler. I was like Amy Schumer, Amy Adams, yeah. <laughs> Amy Poehler. Oh, but I guess she I didn't direct it. For good. some reason, I thought she directed it. She, she wrote, wrote it, it though. And, yeah. the, and the musical. Did she also write the musical? She had she her hand the in the book. musical also. She wrote the book for the musical. Right. Gotcha. But okay, So, yeah, I mean, the only other... <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the only movie that Tina Fey has a writer credit on. That's crazy. Huh. Besides the 30 Rock Pandemic Reunion special. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Does that count what? as a movie? No, it does not. Oh. <laughs> Wait, has that already happened? Yeah, that happened already. Nobody oh, cared about that. it because everybody and their brother is doing dumbass Zoom reunion specials and they're all bad. Nobody wants this. Yeah. I did almost I, cry uh, during yeah. the, the Parks and Rec one, though. It hit me in a sensitive spot. Oh, I didn't even watch it. Like, who cares? I, I don't cared. want that. I who wants it. that? I wanted the Parks and Rec one. <laughs> and, like, I feel like the only one that might be worth my time is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air one. Because that show has been off the air for long enough that it feels meaningful. And they actually all showed up to the same place to, like, have a conversation. So, Jackson, like... how much of Fresh Prince of, Bre- of, French Prince of Bel-Air have you actually watched? <laughs> Not much. I like the idea of doing French Prince of Bel-Air. French... 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 Prince. French... French... 
Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> I have been it's the same. I would show. just like to defend myself really quick that I have been on register for like five hours, which means I've been talking to people in my high pitched customer service voice. So I'm dying. No, I think it's over fine. Here. I think you've I think you've struck gold though, Adeline, where it's yeah. the same exact show in Philadelphia or Bel Air now. Or I don't know, maybe like, it's a spin-off. And like it's like, oh he's a fish out of water. Cause he's actually Wait. he's actually French royalty. <laughs> Here's my okay. Here, I'm gonna put this in my type five. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay. I, mm-hmm. I think about I think about weird stuff sometimes. You know, you ever think about? Here's the kind of stuff I think about. What if uh, instead of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it was the French Prince of Bel Air? I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> oh, Carlton. Oh, Carlton, why don't my dad love me, man? Oh that my god, why'd you choose that? <laughs> why'd you choose that scene? There's so many other scenes. Uh, you, you turned into the, the Godfather. Other, that's the only other Fresh Prince of Bel-Air poll I have, <laughs> is the really emotional scene where he says, why doesn't he love me, man? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but it's about, like, Let me tell you boys something about women. Something yeah, about exactly. women. <laughs> the crazy What's thing... Other, Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna go back to Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, yeah, that's, no, that's we ain't fine. doing that's that. Totally okay, fine. the crazy thing about the the fight scenes in the art gallery holding zone is that both times you watch it, even though you've seen the first one, it always looks like the person in reverse has the upper hand for some reason. Like they're yeah. like just excelling way more than the person who's going forward in the fight. But you're like, how could this be? Because I already watched you do this, and I know exactly right. what's going to happen, but I still feel like mm. you're losing. <laughs> That's true. That is really cool. Like, it yeah. feels like... John David Washington feels like the underdog both times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it's how, cool. they, how they pull that off. Like, when he there gets... Um, this part... There's the part where he, like, knocks himself, who's in the SWAT suit, like, on the ground... And he does this weird little, like, shimmy-shammy across yeah. the floor that just looks so fucking weird, rever- reversed and forwards. I don't know what that little move is that he does, but no, it looks he's fucking just... bizarre every time he does it. Forward, he's just trying to scoot himself so he can go reach that gun. But he's doing his weird little, like, shimmy-shammy, like, quick arm move. Yeah. It's weird. I also want to point out that I really love the, like, mousy tour guide who like explains all the security procedures to robert pattinson i don't know what it is about that guy but i like the cut of his jib <laughs> he's a weird character because he's like he's explaining the rules of the art place and they like make a joke that's like everybody here does not give a shit about their life and is here to die for the art right <laughs> which was weird and then when the emergency happens and he fucking decks out of there as quick as possible, <laughs> yeah, leaving so who he thinks are two billionaires to die in this room that's gonna yeah. not have any oxygen in it. Because you see his, like, very polished, very, you know, presentable exterior as he's explaining this, because he's just like, yeah, you know, whether, you don't really know how he actually feels, because he's putting on this field for, like, investors. And he's like, oh, well, you know, there is no higher priority besides our, our clients. And then the instant shit hits the fan, he just panics. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so Why? great. Listen. And there's that moment in that scene where they're in the room with no oxygen. They're both holding their breath. And that instant when, like, the lockpick breaks in John David Washington's hands and you just see Robert Pattinson's eyes get so wide. 
yeah. <laughs> before he just sprints towards the other door is so good. I love it so yeah. much. I'd like to say that, like, I feel like sometimes with, like, I guess I'm only really comparing it to, like, uh, Mission Impossible, but I, like, feel time sometimes when you have, like, a crew of, like, I'm gonna just call them super agents, like, of, like, people who are, like, in a team together doing a thing, you have, like, all the cool dudes and then one funny guy. Right. And that's, like, it. But what I really liked about this movie is that everybody was the cool guy and the funny guy. Like, right. everybody was, like, super relatable that was in the crew. Like, everybody seemed like a real person, even yeah. though they were still, like, a super agent, you know? Right. Yeah, and, like, Robert you know, Pattinson is so... This movie so... has had a pretty lukewarm critical and audience reception since it's come out. Mostly because it's just so crazy and so, like, hard to watch i guess it's so yeah like, and intentionally opaque. so yeah and but one of the things that people say this is a christopher nolan thing that i think is a little bit apocryphal everybody keeps saying like and it's so humorless it's so serious oh that's not true at all and i would posit that john david washington is very funny in this movie yeah and well, like he's Robert like, Pattinson so, like, is so charming like, yeah me whenever he's talking to anybody that part when he's like uh, I asked for a hot sauce ha- an hour ago. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. What about when he's talking to the scary guy and he's like, yo, I'm going to slit your throat and put your balls in him. And he's like, wow, I wish you wouldn't do that. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Really like, first of all, he tells her he's going to put his balls in his throat. <laughs> Second of all, he's just like, wow, that seems inefficient. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's really and then, good. And, and there's then, that moment where he's, like, getting felt up by the security guard, and he's like, whoa, where I come from, they buy a dinner first. And the guy just gives him this cold, icy stare. Yeah, it's so... It's it was really what funny. anyone would do. I've seen much John... more humorless movies that are, like, intended to be funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this movie has got some good jokes in it. They're small, they're subtle jokes, but they're still pretty funny. Yeah. And also, like, it's not every... I'm so sorry. I love the Avengers. I love them so much. But not every, like, action-based movie needs to have a funny ha-ha wink-at-the-audience joke every ten minutes or more. Right. Like, it's okay to just have a smart, like, thoughtful script. This isn't a comedy, so it doesn't need right. to have ha-ha jokes. But there are a lot of moments that feel real and feel, like, authentically funny that right. happen and like the friendship that forms between the protagonist and neil i for sure thought the whole time that they were gonna pull the rug out from under me and be like oh you thought that this this chemistry was so charming and you like seeing them together or working together well jokes on you because one of them's a villain but they didn't do that they were friends the whole yeah. time and i loved it yeah <laughs> i just i know I've, I've already said it this episode i just love it that they're friends at the end yeah, and it's like <laughs> this just really likes it. Yeah, friends. it's like this weird tragedy, you know. But it's just like, hey, this guy turns out that he is your best friend, and that's just destiny. It's like, so you got that to look forward to. You're like, hell yeah, yeah. that rules. Um, and it's also, also like I from also the point just of view, pretty much all Christopher Nolan movies are funnier than people give them credit for. Yeah, you know. What's- what's the deal when people? What's the deal when people <laughs> don't like something? They like. I guess I'm just I'm just coming back to Batman vs Superman where people call that movie boring. It's like that movie is not boring, and like yeah. saying that this movie isn't funny. It's like it's just objectively not true. Like you right. can 
you can say that you don't like it or that it didn't hold your interest or like it just wasn't your cup of tea and like that's fine but it's not objectively boring or objectively not funny you know but i I, like didn't turn this movie on either to be like i can't wait for all the jokes I can't wait for the jokes. Right. Yeah, I can't wait to bust a gut during Tenet. <laughs> like, remember That's in Dark Knight? Remember that shot in The Dark Knight where they just randomly cut to, like, two kids in a car making gun noises at, at parked cars? Where they're just like, yeah. pew, 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 and then all the cars just fucking <laughs> explode. <laughs> and there's this reaction shot of the two kids just being like, <gasps> That's fucking funny as shit. And, like, funny. Heath Ledger is funny in The Joker a lot of time. Not The Joker. Whoa, 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 whoa. I broke the Matrix. He's funny as the Joker. He's not in what? the Joker. <laughs> oh, okay. I broke no, yeah, the I mean, Matrix. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of funny. No, like, I mean, it's not funny because he's a sadistic criminal. Right. But, like, there are moments saying, that he's, it's like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at that, but I did because he's the Joker and the Joker is supposed to be, like, the clown prince of crime. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, he's supposed to be kind of funny. Like that part when he's like the like he's dressed up as a nurse and like the remote's not working and he's like oh yeah like that's funny and he like gets he jumps a a little bit set up punchline yeah yeah like that's good did you know that that it wasn't guy did you know that it wasn't scripted guys did you know know. did you know did you know know that that wasn't scripted uh, it was actually ad libbed (laughs) I know that's a fucking hack thing to point out but. Shit does rule, though. Yeah, it does rule. That's yeah. the reason why he <laughs> so won an Oscar for it. It's an that's like maybe the best. That's like maybe the best behind the scenes story that there is. That the yeah, my favorite that, behind like, the scenes story is when uh, Brad and Angelina fell in love. Oh, I liked when Tommy Lee Jones told Jim Carrey he wouldn't sanction his buffoonery. <laughs> yeah. Did you know? Did you know that when Aragorn? kicks the helmet he actually breaks his toe so when he screams he's like actually did you know that he like he's like actually he's like actually he's physical agony. You guys know that? Uh, and ian brought up the moment in dark knight too where they're in the interrogation room and batman slams his head against the table and he's like you never start with the head because then the the guy can't feel the next thing you hit him with and then he like pounds his hand and he's like see that's fucking <laughs> hilarious yeah, yeah. It's, this is a this movie is good and charming and funny when it needs to be, but it doesn't need to be funny that often because yeah. that's not the point. Remember yeah. when he remember when he cheese grates that guy's face? How much? Does yeah, that I work? do remember that. <laughs> that's the that's the sickest shit in the world. Have you ever cut your hand on a cheese grater? Oh, because you I? always think. I've cut my hand on cheese grater once, and I remember being like, oh, it's a cheese grater. I can't cut myself with this. And then I did, and I was like, what? And then you're like, oh, yeah, a cheese grater is just tiny knives. It's just <laughs> knife a bunch holes. of sharp circles. Um, I love I love all the boats in this movie. There's this a has lot got of boats. some of the best boat content of any movie in modern memory, I think. I like the part at the beginning where he's like, all right, you're upgraded. Here's the problem. Go solve it. And then he just chills in a windmill for a little bit and then gets on a boat. <laughs> yeah, it's so and like, good. It's like, that was all part of the plan. I love all <laughs> um, the oceans. I got on the I boat. I do not It's almost got understand. like a Miami Vice vibe. Why does that happen, though? Like, I feel like they could have just saved three minutes. Like, here's your vest. <laughs> get onto cool the ship. Because it's cool that he's in a big windmill. <laughs> I right. mean, like, I That's get it. that they That's show totally him doing it. pull-ups later, but it's mostly, like, 
I'm waiting for a ship and I'm in the windmill and I'm gonna do some pull-ups and I'm sleeping now. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. One more well, thing. One I... more thing that I think is really funny that I want to say and then I'll stop just listing things that I think are funny. Yeah, maybe. There's that moment in the car chase where someone's talking on the walkie-talkie and John David Washington's like, what is... What are they saying? And Robert Pattinson's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, I thought you spoke Estonian. And he's like, it's not Estonian, it's backwards. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Okay, that's really let's fun. talk about like the car gotcha chase moment. then. Because that thing rips so hard. It's so cool. It's so yeah. good. It does. Like, at first, and I was like, like, oh my god, I can't believe that they have this, like, whole configuration that's super real. And he's climbing from a fire fire truck onto a different truck and then it and then the backwards cars show up right it's so what i what i still don't understand about that scene is that whenever we see the car going in reverse it's like facing the wrong way wouldn't it be facing the right way wait because then the person who would be have to be driving it backwards and also going in reverse but he was driving it frontwards and in reverse so when he was driving, when protagonist was driving backwards, he was going against yeah. the flow of traffic. So his car would be going the same direction as the cars backwards. If they were going in forwards. You, you me, fucking lost me, dude. Let me, let me think this through. That is the thing about this movie, is that if you ever start thinking about it, your brain might hemorrhage. Yeah, just, <laughs> just you like know, if you, you lost me, I'm gone. Yeah, I watched the like hour long making of documentary on the bonus disc of my Blu-ray, and it there basically there's like this whole segment where they're like, so was it hard like making this movie because it's so complicated? And everyone was like, fucking yes. <laughs> yeah. like, you think, like, like actually, you kind of expect walk. people to be like, oh, you know, when you have the script in front of you, it's not really so bad. But people were like, no at least, like, three times a day, everybody would just have to be like, okay, everybody stop, let's just all get together and look at the script and try to figure out what the fuck's going on in this one. <laughs> like, Christopher Nolan not even being exempt from that, just being like, wait, yeah. <laughs> wait, let me just make sure I've got this straight. Like, apparently they would just have to stop and do these little get-togethers where they're like, so, if that is going backwards, then that means but what is his motivation if he's already backwards like all that kind of stuff just having to stop and think it through like constantly yeah but it's, it's just, worth it yeah your like brain i do gets smarter yes i don't want to your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb <laughs> that's um... actually what this movie does to me <laughs> don't try to understand it just feel it <laughs> exactly that's do, they warned us is... at the beginning <laughs> yeah they told you what if, what, if, what if Clemens Posey at the beginning was just like, but be careful. This makes your brain smart, but your head dumb. <laughs> He's like, uh. I told you about my pitch for Cats, <laughs> right? Okay. Cats, the 2019 fiasco that lost $100 million. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. What does this have to do with what we're talking I'm about? Just, I, you said that there should have just been like a little preface at the beginning. I My pitch to save Cats money and to save them... Just the utter horrors that they've created themselves. I thought that they should just, at the very beginning of the movie, say, hello, this is a play about cats. 
pretend that we're all cats, but we're going to be wearing t-shirts and jeans. Just pretend that we're cats. Right. We're going right. to act like cats. We're being cats, but we're not going to look like cats. Just pretend that we're cats. And I think it would have been... Please, please. Don't try to understand it. Just feel it. Cats. Yeah. It would have saved God, a lot of money. It would have saved a lot of trouble. I just think that would have been a better idea. And that's what they should have done for this movie. They're like, just don't think about it too hard. Just let it happen. Right. Watch it's it like a, a temporal pincer movement. <laughs> We're just, just cats. Just it's just the cat. <laughs> because now my brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, last we left off, we were with the plane, right? The plane? The, so, at this point, uh, basically, John David Washington is just going to make Kenneth Branagh think that he's sleeping with or, with his wife. So, he gets mad. But then when he's like, hey, I'm going to kill you, he's like, oh, hey, what's up? I know about the opera. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then they get into some kind of business. This is a little unclear to me still. I'm not entirely sure what their arrangement is moving forward. I don't know what the villain Russian guy even has to do with anything other than he's like a bad dude and we want him not to be... Well, like, he's like the, like, what? He's, no, no. Is he the time guy? He's like the antithesis to the protagonist. The villain, if you will. The antagonist, perhaps? <laughs> what are you talking about? Keith? No, like, I, I actually have a point. Like, because he, okay. we find out that he, he accrued his wealth by just being in the right place at the right time. So, like, he got a gold bar back like, in the past, at the fall of the Soviet Union, from the future, and that's where he built his empire off of, and that's why he can, like, uh, he can reverse all of the things that he's been given. Like, he he didn't earn anything. He was just put into a certain, certain circumstance. He doesn't ask questions. He just has, like, the answers that he needs, whereas the protagonist is doing everything selflessly but in the same kind of order where he doesn't he doesn't know all of the answers he just gets what he needs when he needs it right so he's he's like the reverse if you will of the because what's happened happened yeah because what's happened happened but russian guy is the guy who's sending the stuff into the past future no he's not sending anything he's receiving things right from well he is he's going out of his way to identify objects that he wants the people in the future to invert okay and they and it's because the future people don't like us because climate change no well well i thought the idea was that like if they put the algorithm together it will reverse everything except for the future i a la uh avengers snap i'm gonna talk about the avengers again (laughs) so like everything that's happened in the past and like that's in the future will stay the same but the past will be erased kind of is that what it is well okay here's here's what i was thinking about it like but wait why okay so so hold on let me let me let me give my own take when they're talking about uh oppenheimer they're talking about Mm -hmm. like they invented this horrible weapon and oppenheimer thought that it might cause a chain reaction and destroy everything. That wasn't what it was intended to do, but he suspected that it would destroy the entire world. Like, that is what the algorithm is, this object. Because they say it inverts the world around you. I think that that Kenneth Branagh is positing 
that it would just reverse the world and we could start moving backwards through time so we could avert the coming whatever. But the protagonists, Robert Pattinson, all think it would just annihilate every timeline and destroy the universe. Mm. So they are trying to stop him from doing that because, like Oppenheimer, they believe that it might destroy everything, even though it's not necessarily what it's designed to do. Yes. So why would we all die if he killed himself? Because you just need to use the the algorithm, whatever it is. It's not, I mean, I don't think it needs to be, I but it's that, not fully explained. Yeah, I, I, think that that I don't understand what it is it. or how we use it. Well, I think yeah, it you don't know how just... to operate it, but they know how to operate it. I, don't I think, think it, it was that, like, once he'd collected all the pieces, they were they were linked to go off at the same time his heart rate reached zero. Yes. Because it was, like, connected to his oh. heart rate monitor. So it, right. So okay. he was, like, he was, like, the switch for the bomb. So, but that's that's the whole action set piece at the end. When he dies, it sets off just an email blast that says, like, uh, hey, the thing is at this time, at this place, come get it, blow up the world. And his but agents I thought he in the didn't future, know it would blow up the world. Because the agents would, ha- they would, like, start the algorithm. No, but I thought the whole thing is that he didn't think it would blow up the world. It's no, he did think he world. he wanted to blow up the world because he was like, if I can't have the world because I have pancreatic cancer, no one gets the world. So there is so there is the possibility that he does that and then the world doesn't blow up. I don't think so. I think I. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about this. I think this that- is the nitty gritty. <laughs> But this is the part I'm confused about. Well, okay. But when he sets out that email chain, the people know, will know where to go. He, by the time people are trying to get, that's who's shooting at them in the battle at the end, are the vague future people that Kenneth Branagh has been in contact with. And he sent them the email blast when he died that said, come here, get this thing, invert the whole world. So that some agency from the future who want to invert the whole world are coming and trying to get that object before the protagonists and their tenant organization can get to Wait, it. But they're, but those future people, we never see them in that fight. No, they're yeah, the people that are shooting no, against no, them. No, there's nobody there. There's just, like, bullets coming in from nowhere and, like, people exploding out of nowhere. You only see our guys. You never see anybody, like, fighting them. But what about the guy who sets the the trap, the tripwire? That's the, the guy... one guy that you see. That's the, but that's his bodyguard from earlier. They're that's the only around. like bad guy that you see. You see the bad. They're just other it's guys just, in camo. It's, it's kind of hard to tell, but it's like if they don't have a red or a blue armband, then they're no. But good. everybody had a red or a blue armband, and we're also just like in an abandoned town. And I don't know. No, why that's we're the abandoned town that, that Michael Caine was talking about. That's the abandoned town where yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's gold. like his house. That was like his childhood <laughs> home. That's his country, and so that's where he got his money. And that's why you I don't have to feel part. bad about the buildings being blown up. But why are we blowing up the buildings because if we're of... just trying to get the six MacGuffins? Uh, I mean, look, I don't know all the nitty gritty <laughs> of how that sequence goes out because it's very complicated. And I don't know it's, exactly. It's a, I, I would argue that I don't, it doesn't make sense. I don't know what we're doing. I would argue it doesn't make sense on the first viewing, which yeah, I think is really, objectively yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I'm trying to think. So the. So, yeah. So uh, just to get back to the original thing, I'm not mega clear about what 
Kenneth Branagh and J.D. Washington's arrangement is after that, but the nitty-gritty of it is at one point he's trying to move the MacGuffin and they intercept him and get it, but then they realize that he has access to an inversion machine himself. And... And they, he's got five more MacGuffins. Yeah, well, we don't... So they don't well, even know what yeah, the MacGuffin like, is yet. They think it's plutonium. Yeah. Yeah, he's like trying to double cross him. And that's where the car chase scene goes in. He's like going in to infiltrate, grab this box. But it was actually, oh no, one of the right. pieces of the algorithm. And then what's tricky about work. what's tricky about this scene is like Elizabeth Debicki gets shot. And then J.D. Washington goes in and gets inverted. And he's talking with Robert Pattinson in there. And he's like... I want to save her. And Robert Pattinson's like, well, you can't really because she's already right here. What's happened's happened. And he's like, no, I want to go out and see if I can't rescue her from getting kidnapped in the first place. And Robert Pattinson tells him it doesn't work like that. But J.D. Washington says, well, fuck you. I'm going to go out there anyway and at least try. And then he goes out there and at least tries. And it turns out it doesn't work like that. So he fails. And then he goes back and is like, oh, Robert Pattinson, you are right. It doesn't work like that. Uh, I thought it was that he was like, I want to save her from dying. She only has, like, they they don't have the resources to save her from dying, and that's why they go in reverse. So then that's the whole mission there for them, even though at first it was like, who are these evil guys in the black helmets? It was actually just to get to an ambulance. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Well, no, (laughs) that first moment is what I... When he gets back into the chase scene again... He's trying to rescue yeah. Elizabeth Debicki in the past. Oh, just stop her from getting shot. Yeah, which not he can't do because what's happened what's, what's has happened. What's happened has happened. Got and that, got that, got that. that's him sort of learning the hard way that he can't do that. He can't stop um, his friends from being shot. <gasps> right, if if they have already been shot, yeah. <gasps> but the one thing that I really do like about this movie, like the way that it like sets it, like the way that it structures its like shots and plots and stuff is that, like, there's no, like, transition scenes. We just fucking go to the next thing where we are, which is really nice, honestly, to, like, kind of, like, cut out some of, like, the middleman of, like, oh, and then they're in a car, and then they get out of the helicopter, and then they're there. And, like, to just be like, okay, we're right. there. Here's what we're doing. Yeah, no, It's, totally. like, sometimes really nice to just be like, okay, here we are. And then other times it's extremely jarring. And it's kind Except of for that it's one interesting, scene like, where he does pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, right. it's weird when it's like super effective and when you're like, wait, hold, wait, where the fuck are we? I thought we were dead. Like it, it's weird when it like it works versus when it doesn't work and if that's intentional or right. not. But then um, at- Christopher Nolan, of course, it's all intentional. But I think, yeah, well, but, yeah, at some point you're like, oh, well, has he always been inverted? Like, and are how many of these people are also inverted? Like, what's happening? Who knows who's from what timeline? Right. It's, it's, it's so, I, the thing that I don't, I really love Inception. I saw Inception in theaters when I was in eighth grade and I bought it on my, (laughs) I put it on my iPod, Nano. Uh I was a big fan of Inception. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, But like, what I don't super love about it is that like, the ambiguity kind of takes away, for me, it takes away from like, what I think should be the, like, main catharsis of the movie. I feel like it kind of closes it off somewhat to me. Like, mm-hmm. like the end when the top is spinning. Like, I, I think that, I don't know, I just don't right. want it to be, like, with other 
like, oh, he's actually wearing a ring and that's his thing. So if you think about it, he actually isn't home or blah, blah, blah. I feel like it takes away. Whereas like this movie just like gives you more and more and more. And with every line that you rehear, like, is there going to be a sequel? Because I got to know what that (laughs) line means. (laughs) I bet there is. I mean, look, Christopher Nolan is or like Warner Brothers has pissed off Christopher Nolan big time with their whole HBO Max deal. But Mm -hmm. in a (laughs) non-pandemic world, I think there is definitely a non-zero chance where there's like an HBO Maxi series with Robert Pattinson and John David Washington going on adventures for eight episodes. God, I want that so bad. (laughs) And they're all on reverse. They got such good chemistry. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, (laughs) I want that very badly. I can hold out hope that maybe that'll happen. Um, But... uh, Oh, and another thing I just think is fun, because they they find out that Kenneth Branagh has this inversion machine. And they're like, well, we can put you in it, but you can't come back because you'll be moving into the past where we didn't have access to it. Where Kenneth Branagh was the only person who had access to it. And they're like, that is a problem. (laughs) But we know that there is one in in wherever it is. In 14 days. Right. Yeah. And at the so moment. they have to they have to go over there in order to access another one to uninvert themselves, which I think is really fun. Backwards yeah. boat. And then I get, get my more smart boats, boy crown for knowing it was them all along. Backwards boats. Backwards <laughs> seagulls. He steps in that puddle. Mm-hmm. And the car smoke, the oh, clouds wait. and stuff. Wait, we forgot to talk about the like the interrogation part where she does get shot and like. You hear, like, on one side, the inverted people, like, they're speaking backwards, and then it projects, like, what they said forwards. I don't get that mm, at all. No, because then when you go back, like, you realize that, like, he was actually having, the conversation was backwards for us, too. So the response happened before the question. It it was, it's so good. It was so good. It's so weird because you sort of realize that, because he's having to do it all in reverse when he's shooting Elizabeth Debicki, it's like, he's mostly just bluffing. He's mm-hmm. counting on on it being intense for J.D. Washington on the other side. So he's mm-hmm. like, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot her and then count up from one to three. Yeah. Well, it's like, just, it's the opposite of bluffing. He's like, well, I'm yeah. going to shoot her. I have already what. done I it. I hope you're upset. Anyway. Yeah. I have <laughs> yeah. already done this. I hope that you're upset enough by that to tell me what... I need to know. Yeah, he's yeah. just trying to spook him off. He's like, oh. Yeah. Um, what I don't get is when he goes into the reverse machine and does that, and then they're like, we don't know where in time he is. But then he's on the boat from the flashback from before, which I didn't get that part. But I also don't get where the him. If this is the him from the future, where's the him that was actually there? Did he just, like, kill him? Like, where is he? I, we or is seeing... it always him? I hate this. Yeah, we're, <laughs> seeing, we're seeing the same Kenneth Branagh this whole movie. This movie yes. basically... I can't think of any exceptions where it wouldn't be, like, his personal timeline is lined up with the movie's timeline, right? Okay, because, cause, like, we had, she was, like, we were in Thailand in the past, and that's when we had that big fight, but that right. was, like, the last time that I, like, loved him. And but so he was, he, like, okay, so I'm gonna go back to that time. Right. But, but I, was that, that always... I think but that it's is... His, was it always this version of him? No, I think no. that's that 2014 Thanos. I think that's 2014 Thanos, <laughs> where... <laughs> Where he, no, because, because in the, 
at the beginning of the movie, he's like, yeah, well, sh- we did have one really nice moment. Or is he just, pl- he wouldn't plant that seed because he would know that he'd be in trouble. So I don't think, well, I no. don't think, wait. He's going back to a moment where neither of them are on the boat. Because when Elizabeth <laughs> Debicki shows up, the that like cabin boy is like, oh, um, I thought you had just gone ashore. Welcome back. Because she is ashore. And he says like yeah, the same thing. Yeah, you see her on the boat. Like, Presumably, oh, about him. The, the okay. Adeline, wait. Presumably, the Kenneth Branagh and the Elizabeth Debicki of that moment when they were in Vietnam are both somewhere else. Oh, and the future, yeah, the future yeah, yeah, Kenneth yeah. Branagh and Elizabeth Debicki are hanging out on this boat, but they d- each don't know that the other is from the future. Gotcha. So they're oh, both yeah, pretending they to both, be the ones from the past. They're both like, haha, I came back to surprise you. No, I came exactly. back to surprise you. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. I'm going to put both lotion the on your back. And by put lotion on your back, I mean, haha, the floor slippery. Ha-ha, it puts dies. the lotion on its skin or else I'm going to push you off the <laughs> boat. And I push him off the boat. <laughs> Shoot you with a flare gun. Yeah. <laughs> That you know that, that scene, seems brutal. The only when... good part, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like the only good part from uh, or I almost said Teen Titans from King Kong when they like the original King Kong where they're like dropping the dummies into the ravine when King Kong <laughs> right. is like shaking the people <laughs> off the log and you just see these dummies just like tumble down and like hit their heads on rocks and you're like, ooh, <laughs> it's yeah. like that, but it's a real ass person <laughs> and like it's the year twenty twenty. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, you're like, I mean, he's already dead, but like, damn, you didn't have to go but that like, hard. His head <laughs> like, like hits the railing. Like, you, right. you, he could have, you know, just fallen off the boat. <laughs> yeah, <And> then, <laughs> that could have been him. <laughs> no, and I'm trying to think down. between that whole deal. Is there anything we're missing before the the temporal pincer movement? Um, no. Cool, because the temporal pincer movement's sick as shit. Oh my god, I so freaking good it's and there's so that good. part where the guy gets like sealed in the wall in a backwards explosion yeah that part's cool so at good. one point i was like don't show any forward explosions i don't want to see i only want backward <laughs> explosions i waited all this time to see backwards explosions and then at one point uh when robert Pattinson's driving around in that jeep you see both at the same time it's like yeah. one's going into the ground and one's going out of the ground and it's so freaking cool i i take it back i'm so sorry chris Nolan, that i doubted you i shouldn't doubt you <laughs> i knew it i'm so and like there is like it's just one of those things that to try to explain like makes your head hurt like on purpose <laughs> where it's like okay it's a battle where both armies have people moving forwards in time and backwards in time they're the the first wave quote-unquote are the people moving backwards in time who hang out, scope it out, see what's going on. They're still kind of fighting, but they're mostly observing. And they tell the people who are going forwards in time exactly what's going to happen so they know exactly what to do when they get out there so they can do a good job in the battle. But the thing about that is that the other side is doing exactly the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So So it's 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 all for naught. So it's like, how do you win or lose? How could you? How could anybody ever win or lose this battle? You know? Yeah, it's there's so no, there's no fatalities. That yeah. I mean, like, because the thing is, they could have just been like, all right, we got two teams. One's moving forward. One's moving backward. Let's go. But instead, Christopher Nolan was like, no, 
I'm going to melt their <laughs> brains off. I'm going to add all of this that literally doesn't change a single thing about this fight scene. And I'm going to make it so that they don't understand anything. They're going to be so confused, but it's going to be great. And I I followed right along. I was right so, there. It was I'm a journey. I'm so pumped up by this movie. <laughs> It was and then a, at the end, when they've got the algorithm, and it just becomes this Mexican standoff where it's like, we got to kill each other, right? Okay, mm-hmm. honor roll, do honor system, we'll all kill ourselves at some <laughs> point just in kidding. the future. And then and you're like, like, oh my <laughs> god, did that happen in the movie? And I wasn't paying attention because I didn't know that that was even a thing? Because <laughs> you know, you know that... Spoiler alert. Also, this whole thing has been spoilers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's all been a temporal pincer unit movement. Shut up. We've actually been speaking in reverse this whole time. So um, what you've heard has actually been nonsense. We're actually yep, talking yep, about yep, Trolls Marley. World Tour. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But we find out that Neil Robert Pattinson was the secret man with the secret fun little plan. charm backpack. The man with the plan. Right, right, right. Um, and he was at the opera he, earlier. He was at the opera earlier, shot the reverse bullet, and he also w- was the one who got shot when they saved the algorithm yeah. from the clutches. That's of so sick. That moment where the dead body just sort of rises up and catches a bullet in the yeah. head. You're like, oh, dip. Oh, dip. That's so wild. And then, and then you're like, and then Robert Pattinson's like, fun fact, you hired me. You in the future have so many plans. Um, all of this has been because of you, and you're my best friend. And I would take a bullet for you any day because I love you. Now you're gonna go meet so me, good. but I've already experienced everything with you. Um, this is this is reality. Anyway, peace out. I can't wait to see you. I love you. It's so good. It's the best movie ever. And, and he's like, like sobbing. He's like, but we just met. And he's like, no, we haven't. Oh. It's uh, cool. It's cool. Uh, so good. I feel like the galaxy brain meme. I feel so, <laughs> this movie makes me feel so smart. And like every, I know I said this already, but like every time some character actor just shows up and starts ex- explaining things to me, I'm like, yes. Please, more of this. As much of this as possible. Jackson, I want, you, need to, you need to take a cold shower, my guy. I want, I want people to tell me more rules. I want all the rules. I love them. I like the rules. And, like, this movie isn't perfect, obviously. Like, there are things that I still have questions about. Things that I think might have been tweaked like one at the beginning of the opera did they kill all those people are they just sitting there dead in their seats or are they sleeping <laughs> i thought they were asleep no, they, got, they got knocked out by like knockout guys okay yeah because they were gonna I knock out like... the terrorists but the terrorists knew better okay that's what i wasn't sure i feel like i just missed that both times somehow <laughs> and i specifically well, because why would he care and... about why would he care about moving the bombs if they were all dead anyway? I know. That's why I was confused. I was like, <laughs> what, what point did they become passed out? <laughs> Wait, hold on. And like, it never happens again. So it's like, eh. Right. Fair what? enough. Also, when they're like pushing the gold bricks out of the plane, I was yeah. like, there's a reason. It's so good. Like, it looks so cool, but I was like, I don't really. What was? Why did they get rid of those gold bricks? 
What, it's just what, a big what? fucking distraction. I, don't I know, know, but it's I was like, fun. I, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. News I okay. like, I didn't understand those things, but it didn't matter to me because this movie <laughs> right. is so excellent and like it swings so hard that like it's it's a home run and even if you don't think it's a home run <laughs> it's a triple and the outfielder wasn't paying attention messed up so it didn't get back to home plate in time you got a home run anyway that's how i yeah. feel about this movie has keith been watching baseball i played softball a lot when i was a kid i played oh. for like 10 years oh well <laughs> And like, so yes. you know, I feel like this was a conversation a lot of people were having when Inception came out, uh, mm-hmm. which they haven't really been having, mostly just because this movie hasn't really been getting talked about as much as it probably would have in normal circumstances, because yeah. they made it so hard to get a hold of, yep. and you still can't rent it yet, so maybe we yeah. should have waited to do this until after you could rent it, but whatever. Yeah, I had to go to a red box, like a freaking right. caveman. Yeah, exactly. Which is the best way to rent it. If anybody wants to watch it still before, like, the 9th when you can rent it for $4 on whatever, you can get it from a red box for, like, 2 bucks, a DVD kiosk. That's Okay, but here's the thing, is that if you have the $20, at first I was like, I'm pissed. I just want to rent this. What if I don't like the movie? I don't need this. And now I'm so thankful that I spent just $20 (laughs) on this movie. It's so good. It's worth Mm -hmm. it. <laughs> it's worth it for the rewatches. <laughs> I rented it. I rented it first from a red box the day it came out because I was like, hell yeah, tenant, I want to watch it again. And then like the next day after I returned it, I like woke up that morning in a cold sweat. I was like, I gotta see those bonus features. I gotta go buy the Blu-ray. But I, <laughs> I get gotta those get bonus those bonus features. And I went to I guess bonies. <laughs> I've been calling them feeches, but the I feeties. guess bonies. The feeties. The feeties. Um, but like I literally, I was at Target at like 10 a.m. buying the 10 Blu-ray, like some kind of crazy person, because I was just like, I gotta get those bonies. Um, well, that's the thing just- is that Jackson and I have been talking about this movie for over a year because <laughs> yeah. we've been so pumped like way before there was any sign of uh, a pandemic we were like yeah we're gonna go see tenant in theaters together and it's gonna be awesome and it's gonna be great (laughs) and we're pumped and then the world shut down and (laughs) tenant did not come out in theaters and jackson moved to a different state where he could go to a drive-in movie and see tenant and i've been sitting here like a plebeian waiting and praying for the day that I can watch Tenet. And I'm so thankful that literally 18 months of anticipation wasn't wasted. (laughs) Although I will say, drive-in theater, tremendously bad Tenet viewing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like the worst. Yeah, because not only is it kind of hard to see stuff sometimes, but also listening to the audio through an FM radio, especially with the way Christopher Nolan mixes his dialogue, not ideal. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um, um, but anyway, what I, my, my point I was trying to get to earlier was like, is a movie that requires multiple viewings to understand, is that is that a flaw of the movie? Yeah, like, I think... Would a I've better a movie... Lot- can I finish my... Yes, sorry. I'm sorry. Like, uh, the, and basically, I you know, I was doing a little bit of thinking about this, because this is absolutely one of those. You don't really get it the first time. And then if you watch it, like every, at least for me, three times in, every time I've watched it, I felt like I've understood it better and felt smarter while I was watching it. And like, I, what I sort of landed on is like, 
it doesn't matter. Because me sitting down and watching Tenet for the third time, I had a goddamn blast. <laughs> and, like, regardless of what I had to do to get to that point, whether or not, like, it would have been better if I could have that same experience the first time around, it doesn't change the fact that I had a goddamn blast today sitting down and watching Tenet for the third time. You know? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Go ahead, Adeline. Well, what I was going to say is I think that this... Because of, of the, like, bad reviews that I've seen of Tenet, it has been that this is the total, like, this is the opinion I've seen. That this movie is just, like, the total, like, guy who's a film major, who's an asswipe, who wants to explain <laughs> everything to you. And, like, it's, like, the joke is, it's, like, this is the movie that your boyfriend's gonna make you watch. Because, like, right. it's just, like, that total, like... Uh, like, just, like, intelligent, but, like, in a fake way. Like, that's how people are describing it. Like, where it's just... Basically, the conversation, like, boils down to, like, does complicated equals good, which is not always true for every film. But I would argue for Tenet that you... Tenet is sold as this is incredibly complicated and that's the fun part, you know? Like, that's right. the selling mm-hmm. point. And, like, yeah, it just come, it boils down to the conversation because I think that saying just complicated equals good across the board is not true. And I would also argue that the fact that it's complicated is not the only thing good about Tenet. Like, if the only right. thing good about it was that there was a billion rules and you had to watch it three times. I don't even think you would enjoy it, Jackson. It's all the other parts <laughs> along with that that you signed yeah, up for. Probably. That's what makes it good. Yeah. Well, I think even and if I you think... look back at what we've been saying, like we haven't been like, it wasn't it great how confusing it was? Like we were like, it was confusing. <laughs> but the great thing was like the performances and the ways that the characters unfolded in like a really right. interesting way. And mm-hmm. explosions in reverse and forward it can't hurt. <laughs> right. And it's a <laughs> like, temporal pincer movement. <laughs> <Yes>. Really <laughs> well executed fight scenes and like action sequences, which is, uh, which happened in real life, is yeah. right. sick as hell. It's so sick. And I think that, I, I, that's one of those things, it's like there are a lot of. There are a lot of movies that make you feel smart because (laughs) they deploy really complicated ideas in simple-to-understand ways. And that is one of, at least in my opinion, that's one of my favorite things that a movie can do, is make me feel smart, you know? Mm -hmm. And people, it's an awesome feeling, but... People love to take movies that make you feel smart. What makes you feel smart about a movie like that is that they present things that feel complicated in a way that's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And people love to be like, uh, it's not that hard to understand. Which is <laughs> yes. Like, yes. <laughs> that's why it makes you feel smart. That's why it's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's because it's simple. Yeah. A movie that is genuinely hard to understand and you genuinely need to be smart in order to understand it would not be a good movie. Mm-hmm. It would be inscrutable and inaccessible to most people. And Where's my dumb representation? Is... Speak up. 
yeah where my dumb dumbs at sound off do you get do you get what i'm trying to say yeah no i i i i think that like it all depends on how well the movie was executed like there are lots of movies that have big plot twists that sometimes or like a lot of little nuggets that have been planted that sometimes are hugely beneficial and sometimes are just there so that it feels like you're you're putting pieces together. Christopher Nolan right. is so good at planting seeds, but making sure they're reapable at the end. Right. Or like The Sixth Sense, the first, again, spoilers for The Sixth Sense. Sorry if you haven't seen it, this <laughs> decades old movie by now. Yeah. Right. See, that's but the like, opposite. Sixth Sense made me feel like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing. The first time that you watch The Sixth Sense, you're like, oh my God, of course. Like right. when you watch, And then when you go back and watch it, you're like, Oh yeah, like I didn't notice that the first time. The because it wasn't it wasn't obvious the first time. Like I I wasn't supposed to know that him being in a fight with his wife was actually them not being able to communicate because he's dead. Because it seems like a very normal thing to just not if your marriage is struggling because of a huge event that you're not communicating well. Or like there are seeds like, oh, uh, ghosts only see what they want to see and we're only looking through the perspective of this ghost so of course we're seeing what he wants to see like those seeds are planted but then they're also reaped at the end and that's awesome whereas like let's look at the new Star Wars trilogy we're planting seeds in the ground for what because they're cool and you want the audience to talk about the seeds but why is the audience talking about seeds so that you can see what they are at the end? We're going to introduce the Knights of Ren and then yeah. have them all die for the only 30, 30 seconds that they're on screen. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, oh, Knights of Ren. How did they get Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? Who are Ray's parents? Who is Snoke? What's going to happen? And, and like, it's, right. change it's, farms. It's just, like, <laughs> ideas for ideas' sake, and there's no payoff and no rhyme or right. reason. And Christopher yeah. Nolan literally spent a decade thinking about what this <laughs> movie would be. So, like, there's definitely, like, intention and thoughtfulness, and, like, he put things in for a reason. Not just because, oh, wouldn't this be fun to talk about? But, like, there's thematic reasoning <laughs> behind it. Right. Because, like, Christopher Nolan, like, it's easy to say, like, Christopher Nolan is the king of movies that make you feel smart. Yes. Like, every single one of his movies makes you in the audience feel like a goddamn genius. And, like, that, people who hate Christopher Nolan are, like, the people who love Christopher Nolan movies think they're so smart for, like, understanding them and being into them. Where it's like, that's the point. <laughs> like, it's not that... They, I guess I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but it's like, it's not that they are actually intellectual. They shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to actually be that smart to understand them. It makes you feel smart. That's why it's good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think the reason why people hate people who like Christopher Nolan is because you get that, that everybody gets it. But I think the guy who's super into Christopher Nolan doesn't get that everybody else gets it also, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, that's just that kind of jerk who's like, let me explain it to you. Even though the movie, the the whole thing that the (laughs) movie did was explain it. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, a movie that, like, induces more thinking will draw in a certain type of person. 
like, oh, um, I only like, you know, Country for Old Men and the Dark Knight series, but not the first one or the third one. <laughs> um, but then, like, you're, you're hating on people for, like, I like Clueless because it makes me feel something. Or I like... <laughs> I like the the How to Train Your Dragon series. I like Frozen it, 2. <laughs> I like, I'm a Frozen 2 stan. <laughs> I am. But, like, you like the Christopher Nolan movies because they make you feel something. So you just yeah. let people like what they like and don't be an exclusionist pig who's like, yeah. you have to be <laughs> this, your IQ must be this high to ride. Or else. And I also can, think. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, I was done. Okay, I was cool. trying to come up with a <laughs> I also thing, just but... think there's a there's a big movement of people just like being annoyed at certain movies because certain people like them, but like wh- like The Dark Knight and There Will Be Blood and whatever other like boyfriend makes you watch this movies are are good movies. Yeah. Like just Jackson because you just mad because you love Fight Club. <laughs> Yeah, Fight Club's a great one too. Like yeah. these are movies that like it's it's this weird thing where like I don't know, it's just so inherently dismissive of these like incredible movies for no yeah. other reason than just that like you don't like your boyfriend. A certain kind of yeah, that you don't like your boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what is there's there was some Twitter thing that somebody posted that was like, if your boyfriend ever makes you watch one of his dumb man movies, the trick is to just, like, you can nap, but then when the music gets really loud, just say, whoa, under your breath, and he'll totally buy it. And somebody's response to that was like, this is the millennial equivalent of boomers talking about hating their wives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's just that kind of thing that drives me crazy. It's yeah, like, if someone you don't is like really... the movies that your boyfriend likes, what is your relationship based on? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, you know, there's, like, a trope that was really common in, like, the like the mid-2000s sitcoms where it would be like, oh, my gosh, you found a girlfriend that likes Star Wars? Or, <laughs> right, like, yeah. I'm going to show my fiancé Star Wars, and if she doesn't like it, we can't get married because I love Star Wars, and only right. men love Star Wars. But, like, whatever. Like, people, yeah. lots of people yeah. like lots of different kinds of movies. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I've never been shown a Christopher Nolan movie by my boyfriend, but, <laughs> but I really enjoy them because they're fun for me. I don't know. I just think it's stupid. I want it. I let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Invert it if you <laughs> exactly. have to. Let it meet its algorithmic oh, end if you have to. This is a dumb trope. I hate it. Right. Stop it, Twitter. Keisha, so Keisha, yeah. you've 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 triggered me. So rise, 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 Skywalker. Please, you've seen it, right? Yes. Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I have. Yeah, Jackson hasn't seen it yet, and can nope. it just fucking. I hate that movie maybe more than any movie I've ever watched. I hate it so much. It's I think it, it will uh, it, it will undoubtedly be the most disappointing movie that I have ever consumed in my entire life. Yeah, or ever it just will fucking consume. it just fucking like destroy the past. It, that's literally what this movie does. You know all the to the two other movies that we had made and watched and all really liked? What if those movies just weren't 
what if they just weren't? And we just did whatever the fuck we wanted instead. What if BB-8 just kind of <laughs> fell off of a ship and we never saw him ever again? What if we did that? What if, what if fucking the opening scene was just Kylo Ren choosing the dark side after he said he wouldn't two minutes earlier in canon? <laughs> like, just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have listened to Christopher Nolan. Skywalker. They should have listened to Christopher Nolan. What's happened happened. We must move yeah. forward. <laughs> What's happened happened. So <sighs> ignore yeah. the they entire didn't. conversation we just had. If your boyfriend makes you watch Rise of Skywalker, dump his <laughs> ass. <laughs> um. So what do you guys? Before we start to wrap things up, what do you guys think about the whole? Christopher Nolan's dialogue mixing has been a very hot button issue in the last few months. What are your guys? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I didn't notice it. I didn't notice either. It it wasn't a distraction for me. I literally right. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, because he's very much the kind of guy he mixes his movies, assuming an optimal viewing experience. Mm-hmm. And there's so many scenes where there's like an airplane running or they're like on a boat where the dialogue is being very heavily influenced by the loud background noises. He, mm-hmm. People said this a lot about Dunkirk, too, which was also true of mm-hmm. Dunkirk. Well, because that's a and, war movie. There's going to be a lot of loud sounds in that. Well, but it, a lot of it like takes places on boats and stuff. It's like yeah. it takes yeah. place on a beach and the ocean's really loud most of the time. Yeah. Um, Have you been to the ocean? That bitch but this is was loud. Just like, this breaking point where people were like, especially because a lot of people were seeing it in drive-ins, people were like, I can't understand anything anybody says in this movie because the dialogue yeah. is mixed so poorly, is what they say. Mm-hmm. But I don't... I th- I think it is really cool in an optimal viewing experience, though. Mm-hmm. When you're at home and you're watching it loud in the dark, and maybe you've got closed captions on, maybe you don't. Like You should. It, it feels really cool. It's almost like... He mixes everything just quiet enough so that it's, like, right on that threshold of, like, being able to understand it clearly, you know? Yeah. And I think I think it's just cool. It's It feels different. It gives Christopher Nolan's movies sort of, like, an auditory signature, I guess. That yeah, I, it's like that I think core. I really do like. It's kind of, yeah, it's like Mumblecore. <laughs> I mean, I think- and also, people just need to not be afraid to put captions on. And I'm yeah. speaking yeah. as someone who used to hate captions i'd be like turn the captions off we can all hear and then i started watching movies with jackson and i this is legit (laughs) this is a true story i was like oh actually this is fine like literally who cares (laughs) like it's words at the bottom of the screen (laughs) oh (laughs) actually who gives a shit (laughs) and and sometimes i need the captions because i didn't super understand what they were saying or if you're watching the great british baking show you literally can't watch that without the captions because otherwise you're just hearing mumble jerry nonsense (laughs) So just to be okay with words on the bottom of the screen. And then you can watch lots of different kinds of movies that aren't in English. It's crazy. It's crazy. So here's the thing. I, this is an issue that I have. I have fine hearing. I've got terrible hearing comprehension where like I will hear something, but I will not like actually register what I'm hearing. Like sometimes it takes me a second. Like, if you have a conversation with me in person, it happens all the time. I don't get as much with, like, movies and music and stuff, but I do definitely, I I definitely still get it. So I did get that a little bit, where if I know someone's just saying, like, 
if someone's just like, I know someone's just like explaining something and I can't, and it takes me a second to like comprehend what they're saying, I'll just be like, and then they explain something, moving on, you know? I did get that a little bit, just a tiny bit with tenants. I feel like with Dunkirk, I would just not have any clue what anybody's saying, even if I am hearing what they're yeah. saying, you know? Well, there's also, there's not a lot of dialogue <laughs> in Dunkirk. Yeah. And is it really like, important? We know what happened in Dunkirk because. <laughs> All right. This is a historic depiction. Dialogue ain't gonna change it. The allies won. (laughs) Oh my god, what's gonna happen? I'm so excited. Um. Can I tell a short anecdote before we we end things? It's actually not my own anecdote. But my friend went to see this movie in in theaters in San Diego, Mm -hmm. so it was safe and fine at that time. Um, Right. And he... (laughs) He walked into the movie theater and was like, oh, okay, we missed, like, the first 20 seconds, but it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Um, f- turns out he walked into the wrong theater, walked in, like, a third, two-fifths of the way into the movie and was just <laughs> lost. But, like, That's sat so through the whole thing because he was like, oh, it's supposed to be confusing because it's it's a Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And it'll make sense. That's just what these movies feels like. <laughs> and was just way. like was just like I don't. I, at the very end, was like I really don't get what just happened. <laughs> and then the movie was I only really twenty five minutes long. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> and then and then they like found out. But at that point in time, it was like right before movie theaters were closing again. Right. <laughs> so they were oh, so like, they just never saw the whole so thing. So they were like, we can refund you tickets, I guess, but you're gonna ha- like we you can't use them. <laughs> so we had to yeah. wait until it came out. Streamably. People were so excited about about Dunkirk being short that Christopher Nolan was like, "Fuck it, this one's 25 minutes. <laughs> this one's gonna air yeah. on ABC." Yeah. No, like they figured out. They were like. That was only an hour. That was like an hour and a half. It's supposed to be two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. I'm so tempted right now because I've heard a lot of anecdotal stories from people on the Internet saying, like, a lot of the times people who are comfortable going to movie theaters, which I'm pretty much not. But they said, like, (laughs) most of the time when you go in there, they're empty. People aren't seeing movies right now. So realistically... The danger is quite low because 90% of the time you're the only person in there. And that's really got my gears turning. I think I might go see the new Tom Hanks movie in theaters if I could go see it like during the day on a Tuesday. What's the Tom, Hanks, just... what's the, what's the Tom Hanks movie? News of the World. He's a cowboy in it. Oh. It's like Tom Hanks is officially breached into old man roles. Like he was yeah. in, he in be a cowboy like, now? midlife for a, quite some time. But ever since Mr. Rogers... Old man roles. No going back. And I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard it's like, okay. There's also a movie called Promising Young Woman that people say is really good. That's only in theaters for whatever reason. We're finally hitting that point where there are like a few movies I might actually want to see that are only in theaters. Is Promising Young Woman the one with the lady who pretends to be drunk? I'm not sure. I haven't even seen the trailer or anything. Oh, okay. There's... There are a lot of movies that I just, like, hear about that people are just like, this is great. This is, like, one of the great movies this year. I'm like, cool, I'll see it. <laughs> like, I don't need to necessarily be sold on it because I watch everything as much as I can, you know? Yeah. So I just hear, like, the title of a movie and say, like, it's really good. I'll be like, tight, and I'll just go in cold. 
I'm happy about. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start recommending you movies that I know are not good. Just I yeah. just want to see what'll throw off the, the this algorithm. This is the movie of 2021. <laughs> Cats two. Okay. I like. I the, highly the Shark recommend. Shark Boy Lava Girl sequel. <laughs> yes. Well, people do say that that's good. So, dude, I'm. I thought it wasn't listen, out yet. How come? How come they cut Taylor Lautner out though? What up with that? Did they? Is that I, the I deal? I am sure he I said don't think no. So. <laughs> No, we don't know for sure. <laughs> what else is Taylor Water even doing right now? He could have done Shark Boy and Lava Girl too. <laughs> He's okay, cultivating his own up. self-respect. So I, I'm looking up a, a, a review. I'm going to do my best to see if I can find... This is a boy movie for boys, and that's why it's bad. <laughs> I well, bet I while you do that, let me tell you about some information. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. It was our first podcast of 2021, the year mm. that everything changes and everything's good. Actually, did you know coronavirus is gone 100% now? Just kidding. Yeah, it's over. Wear your mask still. Wear your mask. Please. I'm not joking. <laughs> but for the love of God. If- <laughs> If you liked what you heard, you can uh, like the video, comment, subscribe. Uh, thank you to all of our new subscribers and listeners. If you if you're interested in listening to some other podcasts or watching some other videos, uh, you can Don't. go ahead. There's plenty of them. There are like almost a hundred podcasts to listen to. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, or I know. The you can follow us up there. They've almost broken a hundred. <laughs> or you can follow us at on Twitter at no nerds pod or you can follow jackson at pepper oh my gosh i messed it up again i'm gonna be fired (laughs) um or you can follow jackson mcmurray at at jepper pack like pepper jack the cheese but switched or you can follow adeline at hollowback horse um i tried to make a twitter over break and uh i didn't do anything with it and they just suspended my account so maybe i'll have one by next week <laughs> what how did you get your account suspended i literally did nothing and then i tried to log in and they were like uh you are a bot so we suspended your account so i had to send a plea into twitter and be like i'm not a bot i just don't know what to do with my twitter account yet (laughs) um but maybe i'll have one next week but for now you can follow my sister i think it's at maddie underscore Rhodes. and she's funny (laughs) she's she says funny things sometimes so give her family podcast (laughs) um that's all the things i think okay we can listen to us on spotify yeet that's true we're on our new hot track Apple, whatever, where all podcasts are sold. They're free. <laughs> so, hey, do you guys want to hear a one-star review of Tenet? Yeah. One hundo P. This guy says, this is a turn of phrase that I'm obsessed with. This guy says, this movie unironically sucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's, what, what movie ironically sucks? <laughs> I'm just, that is, if that's not... Something a 19-year-old would say, like, I don't know what is. Like, that feels like the perfect encapsulation of where we are as a society. Yeah. For sure. I just want to know what ironic sucking would even look like. I don't want to use that as the as the actual one, but... <laughs> That's really funny, though. <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to start saying that about everything. This unironically sucks. sucks. Oh, you read Frankenstein this year? That unironically sucks. <laughs> Frankenstein's my favorite book, so please don't add me in the comments.